This is Health Dose, a conversational podcast that tackles issues that affect your health. I'm Jerry O'Donnell. Today on Health Dose, we're going to talk about a troublesome condition that affects a fair amount of women. That's endometriosis. Dr. John Lieberman is a gynecologist at MidMichigan Health. Health Dose asked Dr. Lieberman to describe endometriosis. Endometriosis is a common source of pelvic pain in reproductive age women. The disorder is fairly prevalent, and we see it in about 10% of women overall, but in certain populations can be even higher. Young women that have other gynecologic issues often will also have a diagnosis of endometriosis associated with it, menstrual disorders, for example, that sort of thing. It is a big part of what I do and deal with. Anytime somebody presents with complaints of pelvic pain, it's at the top of the list of things to evaluate for. What causes endometriosis? What is it? Nobody knows for sure what causes it, but the prevailing theory on why women get it is that retrograde menstruation. And by that, I mean, when a young woman has her cycle, some of the blood and endometrial tissue is pushed back out through the fallopian tubes and into the pelvis and abdomen, that tissue can then implant in areas in the pelvis, most notably the ovaries, deeper in the pelvis, even the bladder, bowel, and less commonly, more distant sites, for example, in the lungs even and in the other areas. Is it like scar tissue? Not exactly initially, but it can potentially develop into scar tissue. Endometriosis is a a disease of inflammation, so the longer it resides in the pelvis, it can create scarring, it can create inflammatory changes that lead to pretty significant pain in some people. The symptoms can vary from very minimal all the way up to very debilitating type symptoms. And depending on where the endometriosis implants, it can affect other organ function, most notably things like bladder and bowel function. Many women will have pain with urination, pain with their bowel movements even. Pain with intercourse is a common symptom to encounter. Is it common? It's fairly common. Roughly 10% of women will be affected by endometriosis. And women who have other gynecologic disorders like abnormal bleeding patterns, bowel and bladder complaints, I will often find endometriosis in those people as well. Is it genetic? I mean, what what are the root causes and is there a way to avoid it? There's really no good way to avoid it. We don't know for sure what the underlying causes are, but it is probably related to many things. One is potentially genetic. We definitely see patterns in families. There have been some genes identified that carry with them higher incidence of endometriosis. Many women with issues like infertility and chronic pelvic pain problems, menstrual difficulties will ultimately be diagnosed with endometriosis as the underlying cause. So are there treatments for endometriosis? Is, is, there, is there medication or is, is it a surgical thing? Yes and and yes. There are actually many treatment approaches for it. One of them is surgical. In fact, the gold standard for diagnosis is a surgical procedure to identify these lesions and ideally biopsy them or excise them and identify them 
patholo- you know, with pathology um, in the lab under a microscope. You said pathology. Uh, you don't mean mm-hmm. cancerous. No, no. Endometriosis is not cancer, although there are studies that show that women who have endometriosis have a slightly higher risk of developing ovarian cancer in their lifetime, actually about two and a half times higher. But endometriosis itself is not a malignancy, although it behaves very much like a malignancy in the sense that it can spread to many, many areas. And the ideal surgical approach is one of complete excision, which is similar to treatment of many malignancies, actually. We want to debulk or get as much of the endometriosis out as possible when we approach it surgically. Other treatments and really kind of uh, first-line treatments typically involve some type of hormone suppression therapy. Generally, simple birth control pills work very, very well for most people in combination with non-steroidal anti-inflammatories like Motrin or Advil or Naproxen. Those are all good therapies to use in combination with each other. And actually heat on the abdomen using a a simple heating pad is actually quite effective at treating it as well, treating the pain symptoms. All of those things combined is a good first-line therapy for endometriosis, particularly in very young patients. Women who are desiring fertility, generally some of those things are not compatible with pregnancy. For example, birth control pills are not going to allow for a pregnancy to occur. So we try to avoid the use of hormone suppression therapies in women whose goal is to conceive and rather steer them toward uh, symptom control with, with pain medications like Motrin, Advil, and HEAT, and then surgical interventions as well. Does the appearance of endometriosis change at all when a woman has life-changing events such as pregnancy a hysterectomy or the change of life? Yeah, that's a great question. Pregnancy actually is a source of relief for a lot of women with, with, that struggle with endometriosis symptoms. Really? The prevailing hormone during pregnancy is progesterone, which is a very well-known effective treatment for endometriosis is high-dose progesterone. So essentially, they're intrinsically treating the disease during the pregnancy, and most women get excellent relief from their symptoms while they're pregnant. Hysterectomy, change of life? Yeah, hysterectomy is the most definitive treatment for endometriosis. And most women who have completed childbearing and get into their late 30s and 40s ultimately end up with a hysterectomy if they have struggled with endometriosis through most of their reproductive years. And they get excellent relief. It doesn't always, in fact, most of the time, it does not require removal of the ovaries. So they do not become surgically menopausal. The uterus is considered in large part to be the source of the disease process and therefore removal of the uterus alone often results in excellent symptom relief. So when when you remove the uterus, what about the other endometriosis tissue that may have migrated? Does it dissipate or does it stay there? Does it continue to cause problems? Ideal scenario is to excise as much as possible of those endometriosis implants at the time of a hysterectomy. But if some is left behind, it is felt that those are likely to regress with time due to the absence of the uterus. But shy of something surgical, are the other techniques, the the medications and the heat, are they treating the problem or just treating the symptoms? Many of them treat the symptoms pretty effectively. The birth control pills or some type of hormone suppression therapy like that in combination with non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, 
very effectively manages symptoms most of the time. And it is felt that it probably to some degree may suppress progression of the disease as well. So that if you're treating the the inflammatory process and keeping that in check, you may not see as much progression to what we call deep infiltrating implants, where they they can uh, really grow into structures and cause a lot of disruption of organ function, bowel function, and bladder function. You know, that's a good place to start, particularly in very young women. Um, and I see this disease process actually occur even when women, young women first start having their cycles around age 10 or 11. And, you know, the ideal approach is kind of a less invasive one initially with those therapies. And if relief is inadequate and they still have debilitating symptoms, then we can step it up to a higher level of hormone suppression. And there are some injectable medications that effectively turn the ovaries off or shut down hormone production to a larger extent so that there is more hormone suppression in place. And many women with those therapies get really, really good relief. Kind of the pitfall of that type of therapy, though, is the side effect. They are essentially temporarily menopausal and will often have menopausal symptoms, hot flashes and sweats and those types of things. But my experience is that many of those women are so relieved to have good pain relief and be able to actually function in life that that those side effects don't bother them near as much. A lot of studies out there are showing that, you know, in an ideal situation for a lot of people that have fairly significant symptoms, the best, most effective approach if they desire to preserve childbearing is surgical intervention to both definitively diagnose the issue and to excise it as much as possible so that you provide them with a good good treatment as well. So you get definitive diagnosis and good treatment, and then immediately following a surgery like that, begin a fairly aggressive hormone suppression regimen. And that's really the approach that I prefer to take when at all possible. So again, what are the symptoms that a patient might present when they're experiencing endometriosis? You know, most commonly and obviously is pelvic pain. And I would say that the, the most common things that I hear are the, the things that really get my attention when I see a patient in the office who presents with a primary complaint of pain is particularly pain with their periods, very debilitating, crampy type discomfort with a woman's cycle. And in many cases, it's to the point where they will miss school, they will call into work, they will, you know, not exercise or do the activities that they would normally enjoy or, or, or otherwise do in life. And, you know, also pain with intercourse, pain with bowel movements, sometimes bladder symptoms like a urinary frequency, urgency, pain with urination. A lot of those ladies get worked up for recurrent bladder infections and their urine never shows an infection. A lot of times that's a red flag to me that we may be dealing with endometriosis that's involving the bladder as well. Infertility can sometimes even be a presenting symptom. I have done procedures on women for other indications, for example, a a tubal ligation, and found terrible endometriosis in somebody who never complained of symptoms. So Mm -hmm. sometimes people do not have the really debilitating pain and can have fairly significant endometriosis. So infertility is is certainly a, a presenting complaint as well, and it's always on my radar when somebody comes in for infertility to consider the possibility that endometriosis is an underlying cause. Even low back pain can sometimes be a symptom of endometriosis. 
it depends on, on where the endometriosis has implanted, how much scar tissue has formed, how much inflammatory change is really going on. That is MidMichigan Health gynecologist, Dr. John Lieberman. As always, if you have health concerns, the best place to start is your primary care provider. If you need help finding a primary care provider, go to midmichigan.org slash doctors. To learn more about women's health and treatments and services available at MidMichigan Health, go to midmichigan.org slash OBGYN. I'm Jerry O'Donnell. Thank you so much for listening. Check back again soon for another edition of Health Dose.